0: The Daily Dribble and welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast guys as always I'm your host Nick Zamet here back fit and firing on a Friday night ready for another huge installment of the Daily Dribble podcast once again backing it up with another solo episode here Liam Rose still on holiday we hope the fellas there are enjoying their time away a bit of a break from ball I know they're still keeping up to date with the news but uh yeah, back here, fit and firing, might I just say, the first time in my nearly three-year podcast career, I'll be doing double duty tonight, not only doing the, I guess, solo episode, but with the audio and the video, Touchwood, pending, no technical difficulties. I'm looking forward to getting that episode up on YouTube later on, probably in the morning, um, but yeah, incredibly excited for that. We do have a huge episode today, guys. We are doing doing? Probably, probably a couple of my favorite episodes we do each year. Our season grading. All 30 teams. Today I'm going to do the Eastern Conference teams. Next week, the West. Rattling through and just kind of analysing the season that was and giving them a, I guess, a pass or a fail mark on the season that was. So incredibly excited to do that. Before we do so, though, a big shout out to the Spotlight Sports Network and the cover. Super, super proud to be a part of those two entities. Repping us in not only Australia there with the cover and Liam, um, but the Spotlight Sports Network abroad in the US there. So incredibly grateful and appreciative of all the work they do both those entities there. Now, I say it every week, I'm a broken, broken record. We all know that. It is going to be imperative this week that you guys stay up to date with our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Normally on our episodes, we rattle through all the news that was from the NBA and the NBL, uh, but not so much this week. There's a lot to get through in these gradings. So we're just going to dive over the next couple of weeks straight into them. So as I said, that keyword imperative that you're staying up to date because we'll still be bringing all the latest and greatest news from around both those leagues on our social media channels. So be sure to be following them. As I said, a lot to get through. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. We'll go through in alphabetical order. Now, I guess just for a bit of transparency, I know we have, I think the podcast at last, as I last checked, I think we've expanded into about 50 to 60 countries, which is which is a pretty cool little uh, little note there, um, but I know each country we've all got slightly different uh, grading systems at school. I know here in Australia we the C C is average, C is a pass mark. You know it's it's kind of middle of the road. Anything above, and I, I'm, I guess I'm going to use that same system. So a C is a pass for me. You know your B is B plus A. They've surpassed my expectations. Whereas if you go the other way, D E F etc., they've fallen short. Um, so how we're gonna do it is I'm gonna give, I guess what I predicted these teams to finish at the start of the season. We'll rattle through some of the keynotes, um and then i'll uh, I'll give them a grading based on how I think they performed compared to my expectations. Guys, I know this is these are always a bit of a point for debate, so be sure to let me have it. You know I'm fifteen teams, I'm sure I'll get some happy fans and some not so happy fans. I'm a big boy, I can take it, so have at me. I'd love for you guys to hit me up on the socials there. And just let me know how you think I went with these grades, as always, because, as I keep saying, you guys make the show. Right. Very good. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks, a team I predicted this season would finish fourth. Thought they would kind of continue their good form from the season prior. Ended up finishing eighth with a record of 43-39. and Um, Big positive was Trey Young. Elevated his game, led the league in total accumulative points. Scored 28.5 points a game, 3.5 rebounds, nearly 10 assists, all whilst having the best shooting season of his career from three at 38%. Uh, the, the season started all right there. Um, by late December, though, COVID started to hit. And in a little fun fact, they had the largest roster at one point in NBA history. Just with the amount of blokes they had out and had to bring in, the largest roster in NBA history. So quite, quite a, a fascinating little point there. They managed to fight through this. By the end of the season, they were they got into the play-in where they knocked off the Hornets, and then the Cavs, which granted them a pathway into the NBA playoffs, which had them then face off against the Miami Heat. Now, it was a series I thought the Heat would win. In all honesty, I thought the Heat would win, but I thought I didn't think it would be in quite such convincing fashion. Uh, the Hawks ended up losing in five games there. And, you know, they're just in a funny position because I thought they were really primed and poised Ready to go um, to really make a genuine charge at it, but uh, you know, it kind of felt like during the season everything that was wasn't Trey Young, um, scorched earth policy. Everyone, you know, John Collins, Clint Capella, all these other names looked looked at it as if they were going to get traded at one point or another. Uh, we've seen since seen that come to light in their off season moves, acquiring Dejounte Murray. There, oh, you know, I won't mention these moves because they don't kind of, I guess a part of the season that was, but incredibly excited for that backcourt, as I mentioned on last week's show. Um, But yeah, and a a key point I had on this was Trey is a star, but he needs help. He needs that capable number two, which I think Murray will be. Um, Collins, Capella, Herter, all these other guys weren't quite up to scratch this year. Another shining light though, I think was Onyeka Okongwe. I think he's the guy they need to build around as a, a, I guess in the centre center position. Uh, Capella was just not it this season. Um, therefore, based on their season, I gave them a D plus. So as I said, I predicted a fourth place finish, finished eighth, fell short of the mark, didn't make any waves in the playoffs. So this season was, I guess, a small failure in my eyes. I think they'll be uh, in better shape next season though. Let's move ahead to Rose at Beantown Boys, the Boston Celtics. I predicted them for a seventh place finish. They ended up finishing second at 51 and 31. Absolutely disgusting first half of the season. I had completely and utterly written them off as had Roe, um, you know, which kind of says to how poorly they were doing. It looked, you know, just a complete train wreck, a lot of ISO ball, a lack of intensity on D, and it just wasn't clicking. Second half of the season, though, they were by far the best team in the league. Um that, that dogged aggression on the defensive end, whilst also having a team-based offense, really served them well. Um, Marcus Smart's getting just desserts for that, winning DPOY, uh, but I guess as the way I kind of saw that, it was more a team-based award. You know, he got the accolade, but it was really just to do with how well they performed in that second half of the season on that end. In my predictions at the start of the season, I asked for Jason Tatum to be a top 5-10 to 10 player in the league this season. Um, he did that, finished all-NBA first team, really asserted himself when the team needed him to. Um, they ended up waxing Brooklyn 4-0 in the opening round of the playoffs, edged the Bucks 4-3, scraped by Miami 4-3 as well in two incredibly exciting series there, uh, really coming down to the wire before finally succumbing to the Warriors in the NBA Finals 4-2. You know, they, were, they missed a trick. Could be sitting here claiming, well, a couple of weeks ago, claiming the Celtics as NBA champions, um, you know, bar that fourth quarter in game four there. They could have been 3-1 up. They really missed a trick, I believe. But uh, their course is still not in their prime. You look at Smart, you look at Tatum, you look at Brown, Rob Williams. They're really primed and poised, ready to go for the next couple of years. So incredibly excited to see how that plays out for them. And just a big shout out. All credit in the world to Umey Adoka there, first season as a head coach, making the NBA Finals as just a tremendous accomplishment in its own right. And as well, you know, with the way they started, heads were starting to be hung low. Uh, It would have been all too easy for them to almost throw in the towel, come back next year, better and stronger, all, you know, a little more fine-tuned, but they persevered. Uh, Therefore, I gave the Boston Celtics an A. Uh, absolutely you know as I said a seventh place finish I predicted them for getting second and making the NBA Finals a whisker away from potentially winning it that uh, certainly warrants an A in my book big shout out to the Celtics they made me a believer this season A team that did quite the opposite we'll move ahead to the Brooklyn Nets ooh, ooh, this is a tough one they I predicted them for a first place finish ended up finishing seventh at 44 and 38. It looks even more, I guess, poorly given the way the off season's now playing out, potentially Kyrie on the move, KD on the move. Um, You know, we never really, you know, I feel so sorry for Brooklyn fans. I truly, truly do. I I don't know too many of them personally. I know they're out there, Um, but you would have held so, so, so much hope over the last couple of seasons. And it has just been ripped away from you. You know, it's, it's such a letdown. It really is such a letdown on paper without a doubt, one of the most talented teams of all time. And it's just fallen short beyond imagination. You know, James Harden, lost him halfway through the season. Um, You know, he went to the 76ers. They got Ben Simmons back, who we've yet to see. Um, And, you know, it was really, you know, that kind of summed up their season. Halfway through, throwing in the towel on Harden, moving on from him, acquiring Ben Simmons. It really then left it up to, I guess, you know, not even Kyrie and KD, it was KD. Phenomenal season, once again, 30 points, seven and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. Had his lowest three-point shooting uh, percentage at 35.3% since the 2010-2011 season. My kind of rationale behind this is just due to fatigue. He was asked to do so much, wanted to play every minute, and possibly at times to his detriment there. But um, a fantastic season for KD. You know, they were in and around the mix. They started to falter in the back end of the season. They ended up getting into the plane where they got over the Cavs 115-108. to 108. Was a Kyrie Irving masterclass in this one. 34 points, 12 assists, and that got them a matchup with the Celtics. Now, as I said, I use that word waxed. They got absolutely waxed by the Celtics. For zip. Um, they lost game one by a point, and from there, heads just seemed to drop. They kind of felt like that was their opportunity missed. Uh, we're in all all games, but just didn't have that fire to get over the line, uh, and really, just kind of summed up this whole experiment, this whole Super Team experiment. Um, you know, the talent's there, but the effort is not, and it it is such a shame because, you know, for as much as we kind of hate the Super Teams, we hate the idea of them running the league. It would have just been phenomenal to three see these three all time talents really exert their dominance and just play. Such a fun brand of basketball to watch, and we didn't get that. Therefore, I have given the Brooklyn Nets a D minus. A very, very disappointing season, to say the least. Time will tell how it plays out. Could be a very different look of roster next season. We all await with eager anticipation on that one. Let's move ahead to Leeds team, the Charlotte Hornets. I predicted them for an 11th place finish. Ended up finishing 10th at 43 and 39. So a big ups there for getting a plus 500 season. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the season how excited I was to see book night play. That guy's taken a trip off a cliff. I didn't even see him or hear about him. He really just disappeared into the wilderness. So I give them a little, a little downgrade for that. Um, you know, I think it would have been beneficial just for spot minutes to give the guy a bit more time. But, uh, yeah, he really dropped off the face of the planet. Big key takeaway, big ups here, LaMelo. Without a doubt, he has solidified, solidified should I say, himself as a bona fide star, 20 years old, and made the All-Star Game. Only three players did it younger. Do you guys know who they are? Give it a second. See if you know. Rip them out. An absolutely star-studded list here, the three players who did it younger. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Magic Johnson. Hit me up if you got those ones right. Uh, LaMelo averaged 20 points, 6.7 rebounds, 7.6 assists, and one and a half steals a game. Phenomenal, phenomenal season for a guy in his second year. Is really, again, like Trey Young, he's elevated himself to that. You know, one of the top point guards within the league, and his star is only on the rise. His trajectory is uh, is is to the moon. It really is. I'm really excited. He plays such an exciting brand of basketball to watch. You know, the pieces they've got around him really complement his style um you know i was disappointed they didn't address their need for a legit center during the season i think miles turner was there to be had um pj washington is capable at the, as a small ball center but i don't think they did enough during the season to address those needs hence a, a little downgrade there as well uh, and again a team that started the season really well looked you know almost destined for home court advantage at points throughout Started to falter big time in the second half of the season, eked their way into the playing game where they got hammered, hammered by the Hawks They're losing 132 to 103. You know, not much you can do. The Hawks shot 52% from the field and 50% from three in that game. You know, if anyone's, if any team's shooting that, it's going to be hard to stop. But they, they really did go, go out without a whimper, uh, which was disappointing given the success of their season. But it did just address their need for, I guess, a better defensive presence. Um, they were very, very offensive-minded this season, which is really exciting to watch. But you know, they've just got to even up the scales a little bit there to have it have it flowing on both ends of the court. I predicted, as I said, an eleventh-place finish. They finished tenth, made the play-in, plus five hundred season. You know, there were negative and positives. I gave them a flat C. It was just a pass in my eyes, you know, pretty uh, run of the mill there. But uh, I think they've got uh, a real star in Lamelo. I can't wait to see how he progresses. Let's move ahead to oh, just shout out to my main man Apex Caleb there. Apex Fraser, his Chicago Bulls, um, mate. They I predicted them for an eighth place finish. They finished sixth at forty six and thirty six. Hmm, it's it's, it's a hard to grade them because I think there was real potential for them to go deep and it looked promising to start with. Injuries really hurt them throughout though. You know, Levine, Mr. Big chunk, Caruso, Lonzo, Pat Williams, Kobe White. Um, as I said, they, they bowled out for the first half of the season. It was topping the conference for, for a big chunk. there. started to flame out again, kind of like the Hornets, kind of like a lot of teams I've mentioned flame out in that second half. Might've just spent the petrol tickets a little bit too early. And then, you know, with injuries creeping in, um, DeMar DeRozan, I want to talk about him for a second. What, without a doubt, a career year for him. Um, you know, this was just DeMar at his absolute best. He was really starting to garner some MVP talk. Ended the season at 28 points, five rebounds, five assists, while his running mate Levine had 24 and points, four and a half rebounds, and four and a half assists. What a duo they prov- proved to be this season. You know, there was a lot of skepticism about who would kind of lead that offensive. Defensive, I guess, line, but they were able to coexist together and really, really assert some dominance on some teams. You know, Levine would get his own, but down the stretch, DeMar DeRozan, some of those game winners he had, he was just in absolute killer mode. It was like watching Prime MJ, just that mid range master, game winners, um, and really controlling the game to his tempo. Love to see that. Love to see DeMar kind of get some recognition. Um, whereas, you know, he's kind of almost flown under the radar, his talent over the last few years, but he is elite. He's elite. And it was just a perfect place for him to flourish. Um, you know, in, in regards to what their potential is, it, it's really going to be based on next season. I think, um, you know, seeing a full healthy Lonzo and Caruso, I think is key. They really lacked that guard depth when both were injured this season. Um, and you know, they just kind of felt like due to that, they were in that kind of third tier of East teams. Uh, not quite, you know. In that second tier, they were kind of borderline, but I had them in the third tier. They got into a playoff matchup with the Bucks, though, managed to pick up game two on the road, which kind of, ooh, you know, turned some heads. I was kind of thinking, ooh, is there something on the cards here? But, you know, that was a phenomenal game to Rosen: forty-one points, seven rebounds, four assists, balled out. But from there, that's kind of where it ended. Yeah. That's where it ended. It, you know, after that feel-good story, game two on the road, the boys are up and about. I'm up and about for them. They got creamed in the following three games. They lost by a combined 70 points across those games, which, uh, you know, 23 points a game, that's, uh, that's a bit of pill to swallow. So, you know, strides in the right direction. They're in and around the mark. A positive season in my eyes, so I gave them a C+. Plus. I don't think they did enough to get into that B tier, but they were above average for my expectations. So certainly looking forward to seeing what the Windy City Bulls can do next season. Right, everyone's feel-good team of the year. Let's move ahead to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Didn't predict big things for them this season. Had them as a 12th place finish. Uh, They ended up finishing 8th, ninth after the Hawks based on the playing game. So, um, you know, they they finished 8th but technically after losing that playing game, they finished ninth with a record of 44 and 38. Phenomenal, phenomenal to see Darius Garland step up to that number one guy. You know, after the, the, the Sexton issues um, and things of the kind, Garland really grabbed the ball by its horns. Um, not literally with the Chicago Bulls there, but metaphorically grabbed the ball by the horn and really asserted himself as that number one guy. Um, You know, made the all-star game averaging 21.7 points and 8.6 assists. Again, it's awesome. After just rattling through these point guards, the league is in good hands for the next decade. There's some really talented young guards here who are going to kind of make the league their own over the coming years. And Garland is certainly one of them. Ricky Rubio, phenomenal. Kevin Love, phenomenal in resurgent seasons for both. Injuries derailed them a little bit as a lot of teams within the league. Um, arguably Rookie of the Year. He ended up just losing to Scotty Barnes. Evan Mobley, I thought, was absolutely tremendous. You know, coming into the league, he averaged 15 points, eight rebounds, two and a half assists, and it just kind of, I guess, outlines him what good shape the Cavs are in. You know, this young core now, you know, you look at who's who's still quite young, Mobley, Garland, you know, all these young pieces around them. Um, they're in great shape. Sexton as well. You know, I, I would love to see him if he stays as sixth man. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, I, I, to be honest, I think if they're going to play him, he needs to play as a sixth man. Um, otherwise, I think they should have moved off him during the season. They lost the 7-8 playing game to the Nets, 115 to 108. But by doing so well finishing 8th, I've got them to that do or die game versus the Hawks, which they lost 107 to 101 Um, You know, I think their season was better than these two results. I don't think those two games at the end in the play defines their season. Um, You know, as I said, predicted 12th, finished 8th, really were, you know, again, a team that dropped off in the the second half of the season. But, uh, you know, they were just a feel-good story. You couldn't help but root for them. You know, almost a team of underdogs really taking it up to the heavyweights in the East. Therefore, I gave them a B-minus. And uh, to be honest, probably could have gone a B, but I'll go a B minus. I think they've got incredibly exciting things in the works, um, and just love the way they played. As I say, Garland is incredibly fun to watch and see big things coming for him in the future. Okay, let's go to the Detroit Pistons, a team we probably don't need to spend as long on. Predicted them for a thirteenth place finished, finished fourteenth at twenty three and fifty nine. Okay, okay, um, hmm. Positives. Okay, this yeah, there's not too many. I, I was really trying to wrap my brain thinking what were the positives for the Pistons season. I think find solace in the fact that Sadiq Bay and Cade Cunningham were good. Cade coming in number one pick, seventeen and a half points, five and a half rebounds, five and a half assists. Started the season out, but really made up for lost time. Um, and Sadiq Bay, he certainly had the highlight of the of the Pistons season. Dropped 51 points in a win, 134 to 120 win over the Magic, including 10 threes. Now, I remember watching this game. The man just went absolutely bananas in that first quarter. was shooting the lights out. So, without a doubt, the 51 points in that game was the highlight for me for the Pistons season. Um, Downgrades, without a doubt, Killian Hayes. Now, he's a guy I had high hopes for the year prior coming into the league. Thought he might, you know, the French guy, pretty crafty. Got a bit bit about him. Uh, zero growth. Zero growth from this season. All major counting stats exactly the same or slight. Downgrade, 7 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. Very, very disappointed. I think, you know, I think he still could be a key part of their rotation and that young core that they're building, which I like, mind you. Um, but, yeah, very disappointed with how that all played out for Killian this season. Uh, next year, I think, will be considerably better. I think positive is the tank paid off. Um, had one of the better draft nights. I'm not including that in this season's grades, but I think their draft night and what they've done since really puts them in good stead moving forward. Um, but based on their season, I gave them a minus. C-. Wasn't horrific by any stretch of the imagination about where I expected them to be, yet still a slight downgrade there. Right, just had to wet the whistle there. Oh, that's better. H2O, seriously underrated. You know, if you're someone who doesn't like water, I just implore you to get on board with it. It's good good stuff. <laughs> um, let's move ahead to the Indiana Pacers. Predicted 10th, finished 13th at 25 and 57. Disappointed. And I'm disappointed, not for the way they went, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see that five-man lineup that I was so keen for and now we never will based on what's happened this off season, losing TJ Warren, um, you know, and things of the kind there. Uh, I just thought it held so much, so blah, 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 so much hope there with, with Brogdon, with Turner, Sabonis, um, Warren, you know, I thought there was a bit to like about him disappointed. Uh, as I said, we'll never get to see it. Was very, very excited though, by what we saw this season from the 13th pick in the draft, Chris DeWatte, uh, was really solid, started the season like a house on fire, averaged 13-4-2, shooting 37% from three for a mature age rookie. And it, it just showed the way he came in um, and just almost looked like he had that, that extra level of poise compared to a lot of rookies. Uh, and I think he'll be a key cog in there moving forward in that rebuilding phase, which which I'm happy about. I'm, I'm quite happy that like embrace that rebuild. They moved on from Sabonis during the year, getting back Halliburton from the Kings, a player I'm super high on, I think is a wicked piece to kind of build around. Um, You know, losing Sabonis, it hurts, but Halliburton is a, is a very tidy piece to get back there as well as, uh, oh, pardon me. Oh, Halliburton. Oh dear. I have just bothered that. I've, I've started reading the wrong notes. Carry on though, Nick. Um, Struggled at home. I was, I was thinking to Harrison Barnes, but he's, uh, it's Buddy Hield. That's a bloke I was getting, you know, in the package mixed up. It was, it was, uh, it was healed there with, uh, with Halliburton. Looking at my notes, thinking Barnes. Hold on. Hold on. That's not right. Too many sharpshooters on that team. But yeah, um, getting healed as well adds a little bit of three point quality for a team that's kind of lacked it. Uh, they struggled at home, but on the road, they were horrible, going nine of 32. Uh, you know, it's it's just not good enough. Uh, It's not good enough. But I think, you know, if we see that again next season, I wouldn't be surprised. I think they've got a real, real chance to make a shot at Victor Waniyama there uh, in next season's draft. So I think this is undoubtedly the right move to make. Embrace that rebuild um, and suck it up for the next year or two. But uh, certainly build around Halliburton because the guy's a star. Uh, Let's move ahead to Miami. Let's head to South Beach. I predicted them for... Oh, I didn't even give a grade. I've just lost the plot with the Pacers. I gave them a C. So middle of the road there. Um, Yeah, not too much to speak on with the Pacers. Let's move ahead to the Miami Heat. As I said, down to South Beach, I predicted them for a third place finish. They finished first at 53 and 29 in the East. Um, Fantastic acquisitions they made the off season prior, getting most notably Cole Lowry and PJ Tucker. Um, and it was fantastic to see Tyler Hero kind of bounce back after a bit of a slump of the year prior, winning sixth man of the year, 21-5-4, and four, absolutely unbelievable output for a guy off the bench. And awesome to see the growth they got from, you know, kind of unsung hit, unsung players in Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Um, they've just got that culture, heat culture, baby. You know, next man up mentality, they were phenomenal in the development of those players. Um, you know, Marquise Morris was another player. They also acquired that offseason. Now, they, they were really just consistent. That is a word you use with the heat, consistency. Um, you know, they're kind of a team that just goes about their business in the regular season. They managed to clinch the number one seed, but they didn't look like they kind of got out of first gear too much. Um, got into the playoffs. They beat the Hawks comfortably 4-1, followed that up by beating the 76ers 4-2, um, before succumbing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Celtics 4-3. Now, that Game 7 miss from Jimmy in, in that Game 7 against the Celtics will live, live in his memory, no doubt, for a long time. Uh, had the chance to take the two to tie things up, but uh, Jimmy's going to live by the sword, die by the sword. Went for the three to send them to the NBA Finals. You know, you can't fault his heart. He's not going to die wandering. that didn't go down this time. Um, but, you know, he he was phenomenal in that playoff run. You know, I've, I've mentioned it, I think, a couple of times on the show before, but there are some players who are 82 game players. There are some players who are 16 game players. Jimmy Butler is one of them. Similar to Draymond Green, the comparison I've made before, they just they just lock in in the playoffs. Um, and Jimmy just went to another level, really elevated his scoring output, which I think is fantastic. You know, he kind of just put the team on his back. Couldn't carry them all the way, but just love the way he goes about his business in the playoffs. Um, I gave them a B rating again. I think they might've missed a chance almost to, you know, win a title being the NBA finals, but I think it was a positive season. Um, you know, as I said, they were a game seven, you know, a missed, a missed chance in the last couple of seconds away from the finals. Um, and I think that development we saw, as I said, in those players, Strews, Vincent, Hero stepping up, uh, really bodes well for where they're at next year. Um, but again, you know, Cole Lowry now getting a little bit older. Jimmy getting a bit older. Won't mention it, but they lost PJ Tucker in the offseason. Um, you yeah, know, it might have been their last real red-hot crack, I think, at it. Um, they'll be up and around the mark next season, but I think, you know, the teams around them are getting stronger. The league overall is getting stronger, which it doesn't bode well for them. Moving ahead to the reigning champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, I predicted them for a second-place finish. They finished third at 51-31. and 31. Again, another team, they, they're just, that, that championship swagger, they didn't really look like they got out of first gear and they didn't need to. Um, Giannis had another case for, you know, a triple time MVP, 20, well, just a tick under 30 points, 11.7 rebounds and 5.8 assists a game whilst a steal and a block and a half as well. He is just a superstar. Um, you know, that's the only word. He is an all-time talent. You know, again, another player, you're looking at the Mount Rushmores of the NBA. He's going to be in and around the periphery. He might not quite make it. Uh, going to be hard to knock those players on and off, but he's in and around the mix, you know. or He's so young still and he achieves so much, uh, and his game's just getting better. Uh, Bobby Portis, I think, was the surprise package of this year. Whilst Brooke was out, really stepped up. 15 points, nine rebounds. Absolutely stoked. Found money out of crazy eyes there. Um and, you know, as I said, kind of coasted through the regular season. Got into the playoffs, beat the Bulls 4-1. Had that little scare in game two, as I, as I mentioned, too. Um, they succumbed to, to the Celtics 4-3. That, despite being 3-2 up in the series, lost game six and seven there, which would have been certainly disappointing. Granted, is a maybe a slightly controversial take. It depends who you ask. I think their biggest downfall was with the Chris Middleton injury. Um, he played the first two games in the Bulls Series, then missed the rest of the playoffs. Had he played, though, I think the uh, I think the Bucks get up in this one. So again, I think they might have missed a trick to go back to back. But nevertheless, a tremendous season. Kind of unlucky with the way the got the injury rub there in the in the playoffs. I gave them a B minus, uh, but you know, a phenomenal season as I said for the reigning champs going to be in and around the mix next season. If you've got Giannis, you've got a chance. It's kind of like if you've got Curry, Durant, LeBron. If you've got those couple of players within the league, you've got a chance. So I have no doubt in my mind they'll be back next season. Right, let's transition out to New York. Again, a team that fell flat, had high expectations. I predicted them as a sixth place finish after clinching home court the year prior. I thought they were going to be in and around the mark again. Finished sixth. Oh, sorry, predicted sixth, finished 11th at 37 and 45. Um, you know, they just it looked like they were carrying that momentum from their playoff run the year year prior into this season. Big, big acquisitions, getting Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier fell flat. Fell very, very flat, um, you know, for the most part of the season. They started the season really well, though. They were leading the East after the first few games and, you know, Kind of things were looking positive in new york all the fans again coming out of the woodwork and arguably you know i still think this might be one of the greatest moments of the season arguably all time with their opening day win against the celtics the infamous bing bong viral video um elite stuff that was that certainly gives them a big plus in my eyes but uh yeah from there things turned sour real quickly kemba fell out of the rotation 48 faltered. Most improved player from the year before, Julius Randle was down in all major categories. Uh, You know, including going down four points a game, or yeah, averaging four less points per game. Should I say he finished with uh, twenty points, ten rebounds, five assists, but was very ineffective from the floor. Uh, Down ten percent on his three this season, from forty-one the year before, down to thirty point eight percent. And it just looked, again, like hero ball, just try and feed the big man. He's feeling himself this year, but uh, wasn't it. Wasn't it for big Julius there. I think the highlight was R.J. Barrett kind of asserting himself as that piece to build around. Um, You know, Randall had his moment in the sun the year before, but I think R.J. goes about his business very uh, cool, calm, and collected, and I think, again, has kind of elevated himself to that number one guy to kind of put the pieces around. Just, uh, you know, I'm just super disappointed in the Knicks. Just because of the supposed offensive threats they added, um, they had the fifth worst offense in the league at 106.5 points a game. You know, it just felt like they went to back to being mediocre, which is a word we've associated for so long with the Knicks. Um, you know, Groundhog Day, really, really disappointing. Therefore, I gave the Knickerbockers a D-minus. Yeah, good drink break. That Um, tell you what for anyone who does podcasts or solo podcasts or anything of the kind, when it's just you speaking, tell you what the old uh, throat gets a bit dry. So uh, as I said in my first little drinks break, hydration is key. Right, we're getting into the back nine of things now. Let's go ahead to a team again, a team that's probably. you know, they're not faltering, but in rebuild mode a little bit. The Orlando Magic, I predicted them for a 15th place finished. Got that one on the money. The boys from Orlando finished 15th at 22 and 60. You know, fully expected this. The tank worked. They got the number one pick in this draft. So almost got to give them a positive for finish finishing bottom of the conference there. Um, I was, I was excited to see Bumba, Mo Bumba and Wendell Carter Jr. Actually be able to coincide on the floor together. Uh, I certainly had my concerns as many people did going into the season that having those two, two bigs and just the way their games kind of matched up that it wouldn't work. But, uh, I did very pleasantly surprised there. Uh, I think their young core, those players included is really solid. was well, good to see Fultz back. Jalen Suggs, solid overall fourth pick, but, uh, I think probably the guy that uh, I guess maybe their MVP for the season. Oh, well, undoubtedly the surprise packet of the season for me was the eighth overall pick in Franz Wagner. Um, Fifteen points, four and a half rebounds, three assists. Played seventy-nine games and was just showed real competency in his rookie season um, and wasn't afraid of the moment. It was awesome to see and the team. You know, I'm I'm kind of thinking over the next. Year or two, there's a little bit to be more optimistic about. They're certainly not going to be you know, challenging. That's far-fetched. But, you know, they could be a team that starts to creep into a playing position um, over the next year or two. They're getting that young core sorted. A lot to like about where it's headed. You know, adding Paolo Banchello this offseason with the number one pick. Um, you know, there's things are looking up in Orlando. Um, I just hope they're a team, I you know, bar that series a couple of years ago where they got waxed by the Bucs. Uh, they finished the eighth seed Bucks number one, just got pulverized. Um, you know, I haven't, you know, the, the magic haven't been relevant in a while. So it'd be nice to see them start to kind of, you know, rear their head again. Uh, let's go to Philadelphia. Oh, I, I've done it again. I forgot to give them them give them their grade. I've given Orlando a C, a flat C for that one. Nothing game, game changing there. Um, But, you know, I I think it was solid. As I said, give them props for um, getting that tank right, I guess. Had they have not got the number one pick, you could almost argue maybe slight detriment. But uh, Bumba and Carter there, big ups for me. Awesome to see that kind of them have faith in that plan and it come off well. So let's go ahead to Philadelphia. I predicted them for a fifth-place finish. They ended up finishing 4th at 51 and 31 finally done. The Ben Simmons drama was put to rest. We didn't get to see him play at all this season. They ended up acquiring James Harden. Um they also lost Seth Curry and Andre Drummond in that deal, but getting uh getting James Harden there big move. It was a big move. It was uh it was kind of sad to see the way it all fell apart there with Simmons um, in the playoffs the year before that series against Atlanta and just kind of, you know, I guess the bad blood that's almost started to boil from this situation. Uh, would have been nice to see him have another go around, have another crack, try and get himself fit and firing, endear himself to the fans, but wasn't to be in his place. though, Tyrese Maxey stepped up, was absolutely electric. One of the brightest young stars in the league. His explosiveness, it's very uh, very Russell Westbrook reminiscent there. The way he's, his first step takeoff is just elite. It is up there, you know, if you're ranking every player in the league, it is right up there. Embiid, arguably could be an MVP, lost out to Nikola Jokic there. But uh, had a career year. Absolutely had a career year. 30.6 points, 11.7 rebounds, 4.2 assists, a steal and a block and a half a game. And shot 12 free throws a game, which just shows his aggressiveness to get into the lane. Um, He's a star. He's a star. Really was probably the front runner for MVP for a very, very large portion. But um, didn't quite get there. Unlucky. Uh, Again, another team. Real solid regular season with 27 and 13 on the road. But flamed out when it mattered most. Now, a team I'll speak about next week in the West, the Jazz. I, um... I, put it, I, I compare the Jazz and Philly a lot together because they're both teams over the last few seasons I've had such high expectations for, and they've continued to fall flat. Uh, when it mattered most, they, they flamed out. They beat Toronto 4-2 in their opening round series before losing to Miami 4-2. Embiid could only carry them so much. Uh, he didn't have enough running mates with him, and most notably, probably a running mate who has absolutely disappointed, Tobias Harris. Made over thirty-four million last season and averaged 17, 7, and three and a half. You know, when you kind of look at it like that, he it's, it's okay, I like the stats. But when you compare it with the salary and what his actually impact is on a game, he's he's at number four now on that team. I reckon you've got Embiid, you've got Harden, you've got Maxi. I reckon Tobias Harris is at number four. And if you're paying thirty-four million dollars for your number four, ooh. That's a, that's a lot of cashola to be laying out for a guy who's you know, probably not up to scratch, especially if you want to be a title contending team. It's a lot of money. I'm sure a team would you know, be happy to take him on. Um, I, th- I think it is absolutely time to move on from him. And uh, again, just incredibly disappointed with how it played out. You know, I think they might have missed their window to win a championship. Uh, as I said, the teams, the teams in the East, the teams in the West, the teams around the league as a whole, are continuing to get better and I just don't know if if you're grading all 30 teams putting them in a hierarchy if you're in that top tier of championship contenders I don't know if they're even in the second tier uh, which certainly doesn't bode well but you know Embiid elite maxi fantastic uh, they're going to have a very interesting season coming up I think um, but uh, yeah Tobias Harris got to go a guy I've kind of I've Claimed for his head for quite a while now. I think he's got to move on from Philly. Needs a C change. Okay, let's go up north to Toronto. Oh, I've done. what. you, you say just for you guys out there. I've I've kind of miscalculated my notes. I put the grading at the top. As I'm kind of ripping through my notes here, I just I continue to miss the grading. So for Philly, I gave them a C plus. Uh, uh, to be honest, no. That, that was meant to be a D plus. Sorry, I gave them a D plus. I was looking at Toronto's there. No, I wasn't. I was looking at Orlando. my apologies. The notes have started to go a bit ski whiff. You can tell it's a Friday night and been a long week, can't you? How the how the bags under my eyes looking? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit puffy. Yeah. No, it's all right. Um, but D plus there for Philly. Okay, let's look ahead to the Toronto Raptors. Now, I got this one wrong. I got this one wrong big time. I think this might have been my worst call, probably across both. uh, Yeah, maybe both conferences. I predicted the Raptors for a 14th place finish. Came in at fifth, 48 and 34. Once Lowry left, I thought they might start to kind of try and phase in a rebuild. Um, How wrong was I? Next man up mentality. Fred stepped up. OG stepped up. Siakam all stepped up. Uh, with a really increased intensity, which was fantastic to see. But the biggest unforeseen factor for me was Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes, Uh, fourth overall pick, uh, you know, just incredible. Sorry, Jalen Suggs before the fifth overall pick. Um, It's Scotty Barnes, the fourth overall pick, winning Rookie of the Year, 15.3 points, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, plus a steal a game. He really showed up and was kind of the barometer for them on both ends of the floor. Loved the way he goes about his game. Again, that intensity, it permeated through the whole squad, as I said, with names like Fredo, G.C. Arkham. He was really the barometer for them. Um, and they just showed a real consistency, both home and away, 24 and 17, which, you know, is a good sign if you can kind of back up what you're doing on the road as well. Um, had And, you know, just coming back to the intensity, a little stat as I was preparing during the week. That really stood out to me was their offensive rebounds. Behind the Memphis Grizzlies, they had the second most amount of offensive rebounds per game recorded at thirteen point four, which just shows that dogged determination, that willingness to get those second chance possessions, willingness to put your body on the line, um, and it really paid off for them. You know, they they ended up going down in the playoffs four two to Philly, but absolutely take nothing away from their efforts. I thought they were phenomenal. And based on where I predicted they would be at the start of the season, you know, as I said, 14th. Wow. Finished fifth. I gave them an A minus, which, you know, for a team that finished fifth, bowed out in the first round might seem a little bit strange, but just compared to what I thought they would achieve. Ecstatic, 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 ecstatic. I think they're really in a good position going forward with those players. You know, there's been chatter about possibly entering the KD sweepstakes um, but we're, they're in a really good position at the minute. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny the uh, the opinions change. Going in, you know, once a, a draft night, selecting Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs, people were like, oh, you're kidding. No, why have they done that? And now, you know, I guess discussing these potential KD packages, nobody wants to put Scotty Barnes in a package, which just shows, I guess, the, uh, the, mass, the mass impact he's had over the course of this season. So... Um, incredibly excited about what they've achieved this season and looking forward to seeing them continue, continue it going. It's stuff, the rebuild, they say they have absolutely annihilated what I thought for them. So a minus there from the Raptors. Let's move ahead to our 15th team, the Washington wizards. Okay. I predicted them for a ninth place finish, ended up finishing 12th at 35 and 47. Uh, you know, things actually started promisingly for the Wizards with with Bradley Bill out. Coos and Dimwitty got them off to a great start. Played really high quality team ball, exciting to watch. And as I said, Coos was really dominant. Really quite surprising to see him almost take that lead number one role and kind of run with it. Once Bill came back, it kind of uh, you know it kind of almost cost them. They looked like they were trying to uh, trying to play through him too much. He struggled with injury. He only played forty games throughout the season. Averaging 23.2 points a game, which was down 8 points a game from the season prior. 4.7 rebounds, 6.6 assists. Um, you know, they struggled with Rui being out as well. Injuries, you know, it hampered a lot of the teams. Um, but Coos, as I said, super impressive. Averaged 17, 8.5, and, and 3.5 and a, a game. And, you know, I was kind of almost licking my wounds a little bit, seeing the Lakers falter and giving up Kuz and just seeing the man bowl out. Like, it was, it was wild. Um, ended up picking up Porzingis during the year, lost Dimwitty. Um, now, I guess the big telling factor, we didn't get to see it too much during the back half of the season, but is if if Bill and, and KP can coexist together, if they can kind of find that harmony, um, when all healthy, I, th- I think they've, they've got potential about them. You know, you look at Rui, you look at Denny Advia, KP, Bill, that's, you know, you, a kind of nucleus for a positive season, I think. So they, they fell short of my expectations. I gave them a D plus. Um, yeah, no, it's it's funny. Another team that, uh, well, they've locked him into Bill now. He is their, uh, he's their future, giving him a boatload of cash. So hopefully he can deliver on that um, and they can get back in the mix to, to contending for a playoff spot. Um, you know, it's been a long while. It's not since the days of John Wall and Bradley Bill taking it up to the Celtics. Have we seen them really kind of, you know, play to their full potential. So i um, hoping to see how that one plays out there. Guys, 15 teams done in the East, kind of done as a bit of almost a speed round, could have certainly elaborated a lot further, but nevertheless had an absolute blast doing that. Um, and just kind of revisiting the season that was um, kind of revisiting some of my, you know, during the week kind of reading through the predictions I made and notes with that. Um, just seeing, you know, pat myself on the back for the ones I got right and just kind of, uh, know, head in the hands for the ones that went wrong. Most notably, the Raptors there. But, uh, you know, incredibly fun to do. Certainly looking forward to doing the Western Conference next week. I know that will certainly spark some controversy. Um, But, guys, as always, I'll love you and leave you. I'll wrap up on a Friday night, Um, let you guys or let myself enjoy the weekend. Big thing's coming. Um, But, guys, be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. You know any basket Here you go. Here's the call to action for the week. If you know any basketball fans out there and they enjoy podcasts, you think they might enjoy what we're doing over here at the Daily Dribble. Send them this way. You know, just tell them plug in for a couple of minutes, see if you enjoy it. Uh, would be super appreciative of that. So tell them, mate, um, and uh, you get a big thanks from myself, um, guys. As I said, big things coming next week, Western Conference. Be sure to like, subscribe, share wherever you listen to the show. I'm absolutely buzzing for next week. Can't wait to hear what you all thought of these predictions. Have at me on the socials. Until next week, though, guys. Love you, bye.